we think about it, most of the ads that we see, we forget about straight away, at the very least 90% of them, because they're just like noise. There's nothing interesting about them. And that's just like they never existed, which is a shame. But the very few percent that do capture your attention are different. They are so controversial and polarizing and made by people just like that. Today, I had a chance to speak to one of those people, and he's easily the most controversial person I had on this show. His name is Paul Meller. His LinkedIn title is Master of Decibels. He's an agency owner in London, UK, called Meller & Smith, and he creates award-winning work. If you don't like swearing, by the way, this episode is not for you because Paul's style is a bit different. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Here's Paul. So you did this episode with Louis on everyone hates marketers. Yes. It was brilliant. I, I haven't come across a lot of people who are that open and direct in the way that they talk and swear like you are. And that, that's refreshing. That is refreshing, I have to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I don't see the point in, in it, I don't see the point in talking unless you're gonna talk like the truth. I, I, uh, I um, people that that have these kind of personas of like work person, you know, and then person, you know, sort of family person, it's all bollocks. Just be, just be real, you know? Um, and if you, if you believe something, you say it. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I can't, I can't be in the room with somebody else that disagrees with me. You know, it's not like um, it's sort of my way or no way, but I'm happy to, I'm happy to debate points of view. Um, with anyone really, uh, but yeah, it's it, there's so much fucking ben, like vanilla and bland uh, in the world. It's it's crazy. It's, it's bullshit, uh, in, especially think? in the world of marketing and advertising and brand and things. Well, we'll we'll talk about it. Well, <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's a lot. There's the you know the crazy part I find, and I'd be curious to to hear what you think because you have a you have a whole story that you shared on everything hates marketers is where you're in marketing and, and you know this thing sucks that you're about to ship copy or campaign, but you just do it anyways. A lot of people do, yeah. Um, and I was doing that for a while. So when I set up Meadow and Smith, um, it was, you know, we just kind of took the check. You know, we just, uh, you know, we got to, I mean, I started the business with nothing. You know, we literally started with, I mean, 400 pounds. I mean, that's, that's fuck all That's really. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, and just sat in and just sat in my underwear for like a year um, in my in my flat. Uh, but yeah, and, and we you know you quickly kind of the pressures kind of come on and and you just go like just, just fucking win this work like just keep the client happy and and, and ship it whatever it is. Um, and then I was doing that for a few years and there comes a point where you're like I'm not doing this anymore. This is not what I set out to do. Um, so yeah, so we, we made a real conscious decision, at, you know, and, and conscious effort at that point to just like, right, who do we want to work with? Who's doing the kind of work we want to do, you know, who we're currently working with. And it meant that we got rid of like 75% of our clients. Oh, I remember that, that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, it was like, it, it, the business has gone, uh, really well. I mean, you know, touch wood, uh, it, the business has gone really well from that moment. You know, just having um, a purity to the to the appetite. There's a, there's a there's a pure, when a client works with us, they know that they're getting 
they're getting my advice. It's not like, it's not veneer, it's not sugar-coated, it's not what works best for me, it's what works best for them. And they may not want to hear it, or they may, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter, you know, but they know that I'm speaking, you know, from, from the heart. And you said it, right? You said, like, after you did this for a couple of years, you had, there was this point where you thought, like, well, why the hell am I in this thing? Like, what, what's the point of me doing it where I actually can't ship what I want? I can't really do the creative campaigns that I want because they are not, they're against the rules. They're, they're not politically correct. They're whatever they are. And you're like, well, why, why, what's the point of doing it? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck is the point in doing something if you know that it's wrong? Like, I'm a creative man. You know, I want to, I want to make stuff that um, gets noticed, that gets, um, that moves people, that, um, at the very least provokes a reaction. And obviously we want to provoke a positive reaction. You know, someone, they, they remember it and they think, fuck me, that's good. Um, but I hate the idea of being ignored. And brands, weirdly, brands all over the world are quite happy to be ignored. And that is like, what the hell are you doing? If you're just happy to be ignored, like what, what the hell are you in business for? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, isn't it the case, and I'd be, I'd be curious what you think, if you get to a certain level, let's say you're making a certain amount of revenue, like, it's good, it's safe. Like, is, is that, there's, is that, there's a part of that mentality? Fuck think? safe, man. Safe is for, like, that is bullshit. Um, what, you, do you think that Jeff Bezos, what's he, like, I don't know, worth trillions, bazillions, gazillions, you know, you know, he's taking risks every day. I don't think that just because you're wealthy or you've got a, you've grown a business to a point where it's comfortable that you should then suddenly just take your foot off the gas um, and just kind of manage the status quo. That is, fuck, you know, like that's bullshit. I mean that, that. I mean that's just crazy. Why the hell would you do that? That doesn't make any sense. Why? What are you getting out in the bed in the morning for? Yeah, I mean it's just a complacency, right? Yeah, I mean, I've no time for it. If someone wants to do it, fine. But like, they're not my kind of person. I'm, I'm going to read this because this is this is so good. This is probably your, like, just people read it. They know this is you. There's this uh, page on your website that goes to your somebody who wants to book you. And then there's all this, all this, all this talks that you did. And then at the bottom, there's a trailer or like a show reel, as you call it. And I love this warning. And the copy at the bottom is beautiful. It says, the following trailer may contain some fucking swearing. If offended, please contact your mom at nobodycares.com. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know what? I love that line. And I didn't even write it. Um, uh, Max Cannon is the design director here at Medler Smith. He wrote that and I thought, you know what? He's a, he's a funny guy. Um, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it, it does, I have to say, a lot of the, like I did a lot of, I did research on, on your content and it does provoke the reaction. It really, really, really does. Like it tells me a lot about your personality, which is very uncommon. I mean, I, I see a lot of people who are like, you can't really know much about them um, unless you, you talk to them. And even then you have a business persona uh, or facade that they have. How did you end up in advertising? Um, by mistake. Uh, I mean, it, kind of, I mean, I studied design at university. Um, and, and then when I left university, I just bummed around for five or six years. I mean, I was a nightmare. I really was. Um, I would get the sack. I get fired all the time. Mm. I would, I mean, I, I think I held down a job for two months. That was my record. <laughs> um, 
and and I just kind of bummed around. And I, I mean, some of those jobs were in advertising, some of them weren't. You know, some of them were in agencies. You know, I did a whole, I did all sorts of things, um, and 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 as little as possible as well. I mean, it's not like I was looking for jobs. I was quite happy to not have a job. Um, and then I ended up, I sort of wound up after sort of five or six years um, living in the Alps as a ski bum. Um, and, uh, and then I was working in a bar that essentially just gave me access to free alcohol. I mean, that was the only reason I was working in a bar. Um, and, and I met my now wife, uh, who's an artist, uh, but she, she just took one look at me and was like, you know, if this is going to be, because I was quite keen on her at the time. She's like, if this is, uh, if this is, um, if this is going to work, you need to, fuck it. You know, she was. It was a slap around the face. If this is going to work, you need to like, you know, sort yourself out. So I went back to London and got a job and kept the job for a year. And I was, I was so happy that I kept a job for a year. I was like, check me out. I was employed for a year without getting the sack. And then uh, at the end of that year, I told the guy that he was a cock because uh, he was. And just left. I was like, "Fuck you! I'm going to go set up my own agency." And then that was—that's how we kind of started. Um, and we kind of—we were a bit half and half at the start. Um, we were kind of a design agency and an ad agency. We weren't—we weren't—we weren't sort of out and out ad work. But it, over the years, I mean, it's been eleven and a half years now since <laughs> since mm-hmm. I started it. Wow. And. Um, you know, we're, we're an out and out ad agency now, you know, the, the design element, I mean, we, we do design work, but it's, um, it's all through the lens of advertising and, and brand and getting you noticed and, and banging the drum and, and, uh, and that kind of stuff, um, as opposed to sort of thoroughbred design projects. So you do, so you would be doing the whole like ad campaign that would be anything from outdoors to print to digital to video right yes. now yeah yeah so um we uh, it's a it's a very uh it's a typically wanky term for our industry but we're media agnostic which means that in like layman's terms that means we don't choose the media before we've found the idea so like you know the idea comes first everything everything revolves around the idea and then whatever the idea is the media channel will dictate where it's best place. So if the idea is um, works best as a stunt, then we'll go and do a stunt. If the, if the idea works best as a TV campaign, we'll do a TV campaign. If it works best as outdoor, you know, it actually, you know, sort of 99 times out of a hundred, it's a, it's a mixture that, you know, there's a media mix. It's never just one channel. And I, I think that's just the, that's the nature of, you know the you know, the world as it is today no one just um sort of uses or sort of experiences media consumes media um just through one chat you know you, you you've got to touch uh, you've got to touch people at various points you know and, and, yeah exactly and and every every campaign every client every problem is different there's no one size fits all how do you let's say if you do you have to do a stunt maybe you haven't done those before do you figure find people who maybe have like know how to set it up or you just rely mostly on like your team and hey we're just going to figure this out uh gut instinct uh flying by the seat of our pants uh, a lot of the time when it's stunts because the best stunts um they're illegal <laughs> let's be honest um you know if it's legal then someone's probably already done it 
So boring. you need to be, yeah, it's boring. So uh, the, the vast majority of our stunts are things that, you know, uh, step over the line in terms of the legality of them. And then you just need to be prepared to bribe people, you know, so we bribe the officials who come and try and stop it, you know, but that's, you know, that's what it takes. <laughs> I, I get uh, it. No, no, I get it. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so, so you, uh, you had this really, really interesting thought that I, I'm, I, when I heard it, I knew if I, if you would agree to do this interview, I'm going to bring this up. You said, uh, you talked about the creative process and, uh, you said, you know, those agencies, they patent or they have like this, this patented steps that if you follow these steps, you're going to get this like beautiful idea. That's like a billion dollars. And you're like, that's complete bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I mean, that was a great one. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, it's bullshit. I mean, the idea that you can be like, um, that the creativity is some kind of like sausage machine that, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, you churn the handle and, you know, out comes sausages but they're like amazing you know million pound idea sausages that's that's, that's nuts i mean that's that's crazy i mean no um the thing is is that agencies do that because they think that that's what clients want and you know maybe some clients do but actually what's a client buying they're, they're buying the answer to a problem they're not buying the, the process or the solution now some clients maybe that makes them sort of feel a bit more comforted um, in that, but actually, you know, really deep down, what is someone buying? They're buying the answer to a problem. Um, and that isn't manifested. It's, that doesn't manifest itself in, um, some bullshit process that they then trademark. Like it's like something unique. It's no really good people, really like really good people, like proper a game players in a room together. With a with a client that's got appetite and ambition, that those are the uh, the ingredients to uh, to the best work, not some bullshit process that can fit on a PowerPoint slide, um, and it and it's got a TM in a circle next to it. I mean that's just <laughs> that's just that's never going to work. That was so true. I mean it's just uh it's 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 a fascinating mentality. I think it's a fascinating mentality from the agency perspective, but also from the people who buy into this thing. It, it really, really is. What about, I mean, I know there's so many different steps that you could consider in the creative process. Everybody has their own methodology. But if you were, let's say, to say a marketer or a content creator, here's some of the high level steps, how you could begin at least, or start to think about creative process, cre get an idea, maybe for your video, maybe for your blog post, maybe for your next campaign. What would be some of the steps or, or not steps or questions that you ask yourself? They need to be, I mean, it, it, they need to be really clear about what it is they're trying to achieve. So I, um, I don't have, I, I mean, I'm an absolute uh, firm believer that everyone sh should know their part in the, in the uh, sort of the, the timeline of events. Um, and the, 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 the marketer, you know, the client, whoever that may well be, needs to be really, really clear about what it is they're trying to achieve. Um, and unfortunately, and this is a whole sort of another time, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on this, but unfortunately marketers, you know, in-house now, there's, there's a real dearth of talent. There's, there's not a great deal of talent. You know, the average sort of level of talent is really low. Uh, there's some brilliant marketers, but the, the average is really quite low. And there's a, there's a whole host of reasons for that. And I won't, but you know, like 
I don't, it's not like I'm hating on clients here. Um, but, but I've heard but, actually. But what I mean is, sorry, go, just to answer your point, that the, what, it, what it means is if they understand exactly what it is that they're trying to achieve, they have, they're crystal clear of how this fits within their marketing strategy with, you know, uh, from the point of view of the client, then we can write a brief. And if you can write a brief, then people like us can, can make stuff that will move people, that will get you noticed, that will uh, ram home that advantage and achieve that aim, whatever it is. If the, um, if the brief is shit, then the creative will be shit. If there, is, if there isn't a clarity in what they're trying to achieve, then the brief will be shit. So it all starts with that clarity of what it is that the, uh, the end game is. And if we have that, then you can, you can create work that will, that, will, that will move people and will achieve that aim, but, you know, 100%. Hmm. I mean, I, I was just going to say that probably there's a, there is something to do with when you said there are a lot of marketers that are not very good. I've heard that a lot of marketers who are really good, they are not marketers. They never studied marketing. They come from odd backgrounds. There's probably got to be a reason for that. Well, I think there's, I mean, there's a whole host of, of and I, I don't want this to just be a moan, you know, because I, I, uh, I actually have some, I have a lot of time, a lot of empathy for uh, marketers that are in-house. It's a very, very difficult job. There's a lot of things that go on that agencies don't ever see. There's a lot of internal politics. There's the fight to be recognized within, you know, the marketing department to be recognized and given budget that they, so they can actually achieve the things to, to be given the credibility in, you know, internally. It's a, it is a really difficult job. Now I have no doubt. Um, and it's not sunshines and rainbows. Um, but one, I think one of the biggest reasons why uh, there's a, a dearth of talent is because people aren't trained in marketing. You know, if you think about, uh, the actual fundamentals of marketing, they haven't changed for a hundred years from when it was invented. Um, Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, if you go to a, uh, you know, a VP of marketing or a CMO now and, and, and ask them what the four P's are, they, a lot of them are going to just look at you dumbfounded. You know, what are the principles of, of marketing? And, and that's really sad, you know, um, you know that, that real foundation, that absolutely rock solid understanding of what it is that, good mark you know what is good marketing what actually is the function you know in corporate life and if we had more people that had that then they would be much better at being razor sharp on what it is they're trying to achieve and and how that fits within the business objectives on a on a broader scale and then if they if they're razor sharp on that then they can write a brief and they can give it to agencies i'm not just saying give it to Mellor and smith i'm talking about like the industry as a whole anyway. and then yeah and, and then agencies and uh, so the strategists, the creatives, the, the, the media guys, like they would all have a much better chance actually achieving the best work because there would be a, you know, a, a really crystal clear aim. Um, and and that's, that's kind of part of the, um, I think it's a really big component of the problem is that um, lack of skill set, And it's because of a lack of education to the, to the people that are coming in. Um, I'm not saying that you have to be trained, you know, like you have to have gone to college or university to study marketing, but that foundational knowledge that, you know, that real basics of understanding like the fundamentals just isn't there. In a lot I know of cases. you, yeah, I know, I know you don't accept more than one page or over one page briefs. You had, it has to be one page. If it's not one page, you don't work with those guys, which is, which is a good uh, yeah. criteria to have. 
Could yeah, yeah. And um, we, um, we won't work on anything that is over a page, but we will talk to a client that's got more than a, that has a brief that's more than a page, as long as they're, they want to work with us to whittle it down to a page. You know, if they're, if they're brief, well, this, this 10 page um, brief cannot be changed. Everything in there is absolutely vital. Then they're not being crystal clear about what it is they're trying to achieve. Um, and they're hiding behind and obfuscating behind complicated and they're scared of simple. It's so difficult to get to simple. It's so much easier to complicate. You know, it's, it's, it, you've got to be so disciplined to get to simple, but if you're prepared to get to simple, you can create really, really good work. Um, so, uh, but yeah, we won't work on anything that's where the brief is over a page, but we'll work with somebody to turn their 10 pager into one page. And that happens a lot. You know, some people that, you know, if you, if you don't write briefs for a living, you know, how can you write a killer brief? You know, it's, it's, it's an entirely understandable that someone may not, you know, really know how to nail that down. But, uh, yeah, we won't work on anything that's over a page. Um, and that's, and that, you know, that's, I think that's a good thing. More, more people should stand up for like, what are the good, what are the ingredients to good work? And, and that and, is one and, of them. And I mean, it's a great criteria. I actually had a question around it, but we'll, we'll come back to the simplicity because I think that's a, such an interesting concept. I, I'd like to understand more how you think about it, but let's say we have one page brief, how then you, you're clear on, on what you need to execute. How do you come up? What's the creative process to, to find ideas? that you would have? I mean, something that is like, maybe like a step-by-step that -step you'd go through. Um, I know it doesn't, or most of the time probably doesn't go in a linear fashion, but no. uh, what would you be doing to say, hey, this, these are the, the types of ideas we generated that, that look good. What are some of the steps before that or from the brief to, to then yeah. your, that brainstorm? Uh, you, um, you need to set out the strategy. And so that's a, that's a strategist setting out what it is that you know good is going to look like here you know what it, you know sort of decoding that brief um and then setting out the insight uh, and it may well be a number of pieces of insight that kind of la that really land home what it is you know um uh that's simple you know that real sort of you know bill bernbach used to talk about you know um simple timeless human truths you know that's like universal truths something that you just you land on you go fuck yes that is it you know that is the thing that is gonna um that is gonna be the vehicle to getting uh, a great piece of creative together but that isn't the idea you know that's the that's the insight the the ideas then come out of that insight um and the idea is the you know slapping you know it's slapping someone in the face it's the impact um, and the persuade, uh, you know, if you think about your impact, uh, impact, communicate, persuade. Um, so, um, I think, uh, where do you get, that's where do you get the insight? Paul, where, where do you, I mean, I know you have a whole process around observing the customers where you'd be like hanging out for a few, a few hours in the, in the store, for example, for B2C, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a, that's a great approach. Is that part of it? Yeah. So, um, it's hard you know, finding insights are really hard. Um, I think they're overcomplicated. A lot of people overcomplicate that search for the, um, for the, for the killer insight. Me, I, uh, you know, I like to go and hang out in, uh, you know, if we're working with 
like when we were working with Ikea, I just went and hang out in Ikea stores um, and used to just kind of get some really funny looks and, and some dirty looks. You know, if I was just hanging around, eventually just be kind of like moved on by the staff. Um, you know, if I'd been in the Ikea store for like five <laughs> hours, they're like, mate, you've got like, you're not even buying anything. Like, what are you doing? Um, but, you know, or if it's like we're working with a, you know, uh, like a car company hanging around in car showrooms. If it's uh, you know, FMCG goods, then it's hanging around in the supermarket, you know, in the aisles of the supermarket, watching how people choose a particular product. Do you talk um, to them? Yeah, like, I mean, I talk Sometimes. to anyone. Yeah. I mean, I don't walk up to them and go, why did you choose that brand of orange juice and not that brand of orange juice? Because you're never going to get anything remotely useful. Um, you know, like actually just talking to people and like having just been bothered, just being bothered to try and find out what makes someone tick, what made them make that decision. And, it, but not going, why did you choose orange juice brand A over orange juice brand B? I mean, that's, that's, big. but you know, it's a lot of that. And then on the B2B side, um, cause we work on both B2B and B2C on the B2B side, it's hanging around in conferences or trade shows when, when trade shows were a thing <laughs> before COVID. Yeah. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's hanging around with people in that industry and just talking to them. You know, if it's a conference, it's hanging around in the bar afterwards um, over a beer and just, and just kind of talking and, and just kind of being a bit of a sponge, being really curious as to what makes people tick. Um, and, you know, and then also just being curious in everyday life. Um, you know, if I, uh, if I take my kids to the play park, you know, I'll end up talking to somebody, you know, one of the other parents at the, uh, not one of the kids, because that, that's a bit weird. Um, but like, you know, one, one of the parents, um, you know, and I just, end, I just, I'm just curious to know what makes people, you know, kind of the, the human uh, behavior, the psyche, yeah, what do makes what them they take do. do what they do. Um, and that you just got, you've either got that or you don't, I think. Um, you either, uh, you either kind of are that kind of person or you're not. Um, but all of that, sort of sponge of stuff just goes in the brain and 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 is it useful you know the this the day after you've learned it maybe not but it'll be useful down the line um and that's that's kind of how i view it uh so yeah that and, and that isn't sat behind a mac you know looking on google that isn't you're not going to find stuff out like that um you know it, this is if you want to make if you want to make work that gets noticed and get and moves people and, and, and drives an action, then you have to get out and meet people and, and watch them and talk to them. Um, you have to go on factory visits when you, you know, you have to go out to the store, you have to, um, you know, kind of uh, go, you know, go to the complaints department and find out why people are complaining, you know, like just, just, just be a fucking sponge, man. You know, get I mean, out of the building. Yeah. That is super clear. Yeah. And I think we are, like definitely it's probably not done enough especially not done enough to the to the depth of that you have like i don't know how many agencies will be hanging out five five hours and and ikea that's that's a commitment that's yeah really a commitment <laughs> yeah and i mean that's probably you would probably say that's like the number one resource where you have the insights right do you like other any other things you would be doing considering that hey like Google might be the last place you'd be looking at, but are there any other things you would look at or places you'd look at to say, hey, like we want to get a little bit more of that 
360 degree look or whatever you would call it of that of that customer of that of that uh, client yeah i mean you'll you'll there's always going to be room for um research and, and 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 kind of reports and date you know that real sort of hard hardcore kind of reporting and data and and, and the real sort of science of that kind of stuff um we use a, of course we do we use a little bit of that but it's it's not the starting point um and it certainly isn't the bedrock it's a supporting angle to you know what what we do um i'm always uh, i'm always dubious if some you know if the starting point of any project is right well let's go and read these 10 reports you're like fuck really okay that's i just think that's not you know you're going to start you're going to start with an agenda at that point why don't you just go out and talk to some people go and observe them you know just go down the pub i mean one of the best places you mm. can go is the pub and the second best place you can go is getting a cab um you know if you can get in a taxi on your way home from the pub you are working you know that is that is how i view it i mean the amount of times that i've i've spoken to um I mean, in the UK, they're called cabbies. I don't know if that's, that's the same in, uh, I, I don't really, I've never really kind of thought about it whenever I'm in uh, the US, but, right. um, but yeah, you, you speak to a cabbie and they, they're just a, a wealth of, of, of kind of just insight of just stuff. You know, these guys, they're, they're such gregarious characters and they, they meet people all day. They meet people from all walks of life. Um, and the pub is exactly the same. Um, just go out and, hang out and, and have a few beers and, and you know, well, I mean, I love drinking, so I mean, it doesn't take me much to uh, decide that that's a good idea. I, I like how the cab drivers always say, oh, I, if they're, you're an Uber or, or a Lyft uh, or let's say Uber, like, oh yeah, I just do it part-time. And they always have this crazy story of they, they have like other four jobs and they have like their wife or the kids and they probably immigrated from somewhere. That's usually what happens here in Canada or, or the US. They've got this massive story, like you're saying, it's like, this is how like real folks hang out, especially if you do like the B2C work, right? Yeah. You know, if you're selling, if you're selling orange juice, you're selling it to, you know, a, a cab driver, you know, someone that drives a taxi, you know, you, you are like, whether you think you are or not, you are. Um, and then anyone that starts to talk about B2B being different to B2C is, um, is flat wrong. You know, um, yes, there are some, nuanced differences that the fact that it's um you're you know you're spending somebody else's money not your own but you're still talking to people you still got to convince a person a human being that has hopes dreams aspirations does you know like pain points everything um you still have to talk to that person it just so happens that they've got a suit on as opposed to you know their um their sweats you know what i mean like it's it, it it's exactly it's exactly the same I mean, the human needs are obviously, they don't change. And this was something that I was curious how you, how you, def, like, how do you change your process when you do B2C work and then you go to B2B client where maybe you don't have, you, I mean, it's harder for you to observe them or talk to them sometimes. Like, and like from the inside perspective or even from the whole process perspective, what is different for you when you're working with B2B? Nothing. I mean, like, honestly, nothing really. Uh, like the differences are so small. Um, the, um, you know, the, the, the equivalent of hanging out in the supermarket is going to a conference and hanging out or going to a trade show or going to an awards dinner. 
you know, it's exactly the same. And I, and I definitely don't, you know, if we start working with a client on the B2B side and they go, right, Hey, we've got some customers that you can talk to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk to them. You know, we can maybe set up a call or a meeting or something to kind of, you know, why did you choose this customer? But really that's the, that's on the lower end of what you're going to learn because it's all, that's just veneered, you know, that's not, that's not truth. It's not pure. Uh, you know, you, the purity is going to be going to a trade show and bumping into people, you know, uh, on the booths, uh, you know, at a, at a trade show or going to a conference um, or going to an awards dinner and, um, you know, just getting them pissed at the bar and just talking to them. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, yeah. you're going to get way more uh, gold out of that kind of situation. But yeah, to answer your question, there is no difference between the two. And, and anybody that says there is, is yeah, I think they're hiding behind complicated. That, you know, that it's easier for them to make it complicated than it is to make it simple. And you've got to, you know, you've got to have, you've got to back yourself. Um, and anybody that, you know, look, the record speaks for itself, man. You know, we produce some great work. Um, right. So, you know, they, they, they can do what they want, but it, it's not, it's not going to, it's not going to beat the competition. What do you think, uh, or this was just something I, I was thinking about when you were saying, get into the simplicity, get into something like get into the simple understanding of, of the campaign, get into simple understanding of the, like, what are you trying to do with marketing? Uh, what is it like, how do you do that? Like, what do you need to consider? I mean, there's a lot of factors. There's company, there's, there's different types of people with different backgrounds, but like, are there any things that are like critical to, to get to simplicity, uh, where people really get it wrong. Yeah. Smart people, man. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's easily, um, kind of gleaned over. And if you get some smart people in the room, you know, we're not talking like, you know, quite good. I'm talking like really like top of the game people, you will get to some good, you will get to some good stuff. You really will. And I know that sounds so basic. You're like, Oh, hire good people. But people just hide behind complicated, like, you know, processes, systems, bits of software, obfuscation. It's just, it's just, it's, it's crap, you know, make, keep it really, really simple, you know, and I would, uh, the other thing that uh, is a, a great indicator of complicated is uh, when people staff um, an account with lots of people, you know, if you've got a marketing organization that, uh, you know, try to run a campaign and it's like there are 10 people in the meeting, like we're going to get to complicated really quickly because there's 10 people with 10 competing agendas, 10 personalities, 10 different uh, opinions. No, get rid of eight of those, two people, really smart, clear direction from uh, the CMO from the top. This is what I want to achieve. Right. Okay. Now, like, why the hell do you need to deviate from that? And then on the agency side, small number of people. The, the, uh, the amount of agencies that they think mm. that they're, they're, they're servicing the client by staffing that account with crazy numbers of people. It's ridiculous. All they do, and then they all feel like they have to justify their position and nobody will just shut up because they go, that's pretty good. That's, that's cool. Let's leave it like that. They don't do that because then they're like, why the hell is this guy on the, uh, on the team? He doesn't add anything. And actually, that person's probably the smartest because they've seen something good and they go, I don't need to add anything to that. And it's all the stupid people that feel like they have to say something to be seen to be saying something and they derail stuff. No, like less people and make those smart people clear direction and you will produce really good work. 
but that Thank doesn't you. but that doesn't make big profitable accounts that's the point isn't it you know these big network agencies they love giving it like 50 100 people on an account yeah we'll service the client we can charge them loads of money and we can line um, martin soul's pockets that's fucking that's crazy you don't need any of that you don't produce any better work all you do is just charge the client loads of money no less people make it smart clear direction and you'll produce really good work I was just going to say it's a back to two pizza teams basis, uncle basis. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the Amazon model, isn't it? You know, if it, if it takes more than two pizzas, the team's too big. I, I honestly, I have not seen a lot of teams that do, do what you just described. I actually see a lot more 10 folks in the room. And then the moment somebody stops paying attention, they open the laptop, it's over. In the meeting. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, laptops should not be allowed in meetings. I mean, that's just like, what the hell? Why the hell do you need a laptop in a meeting? We're talking about like, you know, if, you, like, if, you're in a, if you're talking to your accountant, then maybe, you know, and you want to look at Excel, then maybe you need a, a laptop. Why the hell do you need a laptop in a meeting if you're talking about creative? I don't need it. it. It's just back to that lack of focus, of course. Yeah, like <laughs> give me some pens and paper. That's all I need. And that's all the client should need. They should be able to write the brief down on, on one piece of A3 paper. I mean, you put it on A4, but then the writing's a bit small. You know small, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like to say, I want to be able to pin it on the side of the wall. Um, uh, but yeah, A3 paper, a Sharpie, it's all you need. You can, you can create some lovely work by keeping it really simple like that. And you don't need masses of people. What do you, Paul, what do you think about, I was curious to hear your perspective. So content creation versus ad campaigns. I mean, there are two different things. You obviously need to be doing both, but I was just curious from, from what you're, you're thinking, you know, let's say you have maybe, let's say we take B2B, B2B brand, they've got to be creating some sort of content on a regular basis. Maybe they have some white papers, some webinars, something that is maybe a little bit, or maybe more engaging like a podcast for their audience. How do you think about when you are going through the brief, do you think about the other stuff they do on the content side, or are you just like, Hey, this is, this is our job. This is our metric. This is what we're trying to hit. I mean, do they need to be doing content creation? I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's quite a big step. I mean, I would say uh, they don't have to be. I mean, they, they, I'm not saying that don't create content. What I'm saying is if the starting point is our bottom of our funnel needs to be content based, then I think, you know, we're, we've, we've already picked up the hammer and we're looking for a, a nail to, to bang on the top of the head, you know, um, uh, start with what you're trying to achieve. Now, once that's been established, there's a clear aim. We're trying to achieve, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. Then the, uh, the chances, fucking hell, it sounds like a wolf in the background. I don't know what the hell that is. Is that like a, that can't be a dog. That sounded like something ridiculous. So we, so we have this massively oversized dog. <laughs> See, that, that scared me and I'm in London. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good. the good thing is it's pretty far away. And if, uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a small window part that opens. It's not like it doesn't open the whole, I can't open the whole window. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So where was I? Sorry. Yeah. Um, talking about the funnel. So if you think about the, um, you know, the, the marketing funnel, how you bring in customers, if you think about it on a B2B side, that bottom end of the funnel, it's going to be really performance led. It's going to be re it's going to be highly targeted, really performance led. Now, you know, that in B2B world, that probably is going to be something akin to, um, 
uh, LinkedIn, blogs, white papers, um, articles in trade press, podcasts, speaking slots at um, exhibitions or trade shows. You know, it's going to be a, 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 probably going to be something around them. But if someone starts with, we need content creation, then I think um, they've already decided what the strategy is before they've even determined what the problem is. Um, uh, to answer your question, we, we primarily focus on the top of that funnel. So our sweet spot is the top of the funnel. Now we do get involved the further down the funnel you go, like it's by its very nature, you work on a, a campaign and it's going to come down the funnel, right? But our, our sweet spot is the top of the funnel. It's um, making impact. It's um, tickling someone. It's smashing them in the face. It's um, making them stop in their tracks. That's what is going to that's what's going to start a customer's uh, you know a potential customer's journey to buying your product whether it's b2b or b2c um and and you know and and that you know that is difficult that's the most difficult part of the puzzle is getting someone to stop in their tracks and remember you it's ridiculously difficult you know if you think about and the, um the research shows this is i mean the research was done in um the UK, but it's the same for all urban, sort of all urbanized areas. Um, the average Londoner uh, is subjected to a thousand ads a day. A thousand ads. I mean, that's a lot. Radio, TV, print, mobile, social media, everything. Right, a thousand ads. Of those thousand ads, eighty-nine percent of them are immediately forgotten. Eighty-nine percent. Can you imagine if 89% of uh, like an architect's buildings fell down, like they'd be chased out of town. Yet it's somehow accepted that that's an okay number in the ad game. That's ridiculous. So you've got to work really hard to get in the 4% that's remembered positively. I mean, 7% remembered negative. I'd rather be in the seven and people hate my guts than ignore me. Um, but that shows you how difficult it is at the top. And so many brands concentrate on the mechanics of the bottom end of the funnel, you know, getting the, making sure that people come down and, and they convert. And that's all well and good. I'm not saying it's not important, but that should not be your focus at the start. You know, you should get that going, get it locked down. But then the minute you get it locked down, you should be straight up onto the top of the funnel concentrating, putting all of your energies into how do I tell as many people as possible about what we stand for and what they can get from us and why, you know, why it's a, a good thing, you know, what, you know, what it says about them. Um, yet not enough brands do that. They concentrate on that low end of the funnel uh, and they probably say words like low hanging fruit in meetings, which is like, fucking, I just want to punch you in the face if people start talking like that. You know, that's like... There's got to be a lot of low-hanging fruit in the world, man, because so many people talk about it. And you're like, I don't ever see any. I don't ever see any low-hanging fruit. It's such a bullshit. Like, I, I, when I hear those words, I, I'm just like, you just your guard goes up like, oh, it's easy. It's just going to be a micro test. Oh, we're just going to run this quick campaign. Like, I ain't never seen one. Like, I just haven't seen, like, like you just push one button and then and then it just rolls in. Like, it just, I don't know. It, it's, it's uh, I feel like it just oversimplifying Maybe oversimplification is not the right analogy here, but there's just like the completely delusional perspective. Well, it's a, it's a lack of, well, I think it's a few things. It's a lack of respect to the, uh, to the principles and the um, function of marketing from other parts of the business. So if it's an accountant that go, no, we'll just do a little, um, we'll just do a little uh, micro test run because yeah, I don't want to put too much budget into it. 
You're like, fuck off. <laughs> what, so I just do like half a P&L on your accounts just to, just to see how good they are or not? No. You either believe in it or you don't. Like, it's, very, it's really simple. Like, get your hands off. Like, it, have some respect for the craft and for the, um, for the skill that goes into marketing. Um, so I think it comes from a, a lack of respect from other parts of the, uh, the business within a client. If they start talking like that, I'll just do a little horse test, you know, a little, a little micro test. The other one that, uh, and I, you know, I have a couple of stand-up rows as a really big client of ours. Um, and when we first started working with them on the, um, we were doing some campaigns um, and we don't actually get involved in the media by ourselves. We have um, media agency partners. Uh, so the media agency put a media plan together for, um, for this campaign. And then the essentially like the numbers guy at the, and this, this is at one of the biggest companies in the world. You know, they mm. are, you know, if you go on our website, you'll know who it is. Yeah. Um, there's a few of them on there. Um, uh, and uh, the, the, you know, the numbers guy, this essentially the person that signed off the budget on a, you know, a sizable media plan was like, I'll just do some horse trading on the media plan. You know, maybe we'll buy a little bit less TV and a bit more outdoor. And you're like, get your fucking hands off this media plan. <laughs> Like, no, what do you, you just think that you can make a media plan? So you've got no respect for the, for the, um, the talent that it requires and the skill level that it's required to build a media plan. No, you don't. You just think it's a fucking horse trade. No, that's bullshit. And, you know, he didn't like being told that. I don't think anyone had ever really kind of said no to him. Um, but, you know, like me and him have got a good relationship now. Like, you know, he understands that I don't like just say yes you know, like he understands that he's going to get my, he's, he's going to get my true, uh, you know, he knows it's, it's a purity to what I'm saying. There's a, and there's a trust between us now, you know, I may not tell him what he wants to hear, but, you know, uh, but that, but that goes, that's across the board, you know, have some, have some respect for other people's talent and their craft and their skill and, and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, the function that they bring into a, into a, into a client. Um, you know, if you think about all the different people, all the different stakeholders within a big client, you know, you've got all the different departments and all the different uh, sort of uh, sort of the the, pol the political life of uh, you know the politics of corporate life. Hands off me, I know everything. That just I give them respect. You know, I don't tell I don't tell the CFO how to um, how to put the um, the P and L and the balance sheet together for their earnings call, do I? I don't tell them how to do that then why the hell are they telling me how to run um, the creative on an ad campaign? Everyone has an opinion on marketing or, or advertising. Everyone, like, why don't you just do this? Like, it makes sense. <laughs> it, uh, it's, uh, it truly is fascinating. It really is. Maybe they should come write the ads. No, fucking, I mean, mate, if you're going to, I mean, my, my answer to that is always, right, we come in the studio and write the ads, mate. No, I mean, like, because it, invariably, if I'm pitching, a, a, you know, an idea to, and it, big or small, that client, you know, we might have worked on that campaign for six weeks and they think that they've thought of something inside, you know, a, a, an hour's meeting that I haven't thought of. Now, they, they, it might be that, that, that there's something that I haven't considered, but to, to just assume that they can get their hands on my copy or my art direction uh, or whatever it is or my script and start chopping and changing. No, you, like, get your fucking hands off, man. Like, that's not me being like protectionist. That's me being like, respect what I bring to the party or what, uh, what a creative does. It's not just me. Like, that's how creatives should, that's how they should behave. Have some respect for yourself. I remember I read this uh, 
I think it was it was David Ogilvy, but it wasn't unadvertised, and it was the other one um, where he talked about running a, the creative agency, and then he talked about the stories where he would argue with clients, and clients would be like super convinced, no, 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 this is how we should be going, and he's like, okay, well then do that, and then how, how it turned out, like like the results were just completely gone. Yeah, I look, I get it. It takes a long time to build trust with clients. You know, like they're putting they're putting their head uh, on the chopping block by you know by putting a campaign out there. You know, like and and ever more so now with the the twenty four seven nature of the uh, of the media landscape and the news cycle and all these things. I get it. It's like you gotta. There's a there's a, a phrase in uh, in I don't know if you have it in the US but in the UK mm -hmm. you gotta have a brass neck. You know, like you you, you know what I mean. You gotta like yeah. you gotta uh, you know you gotta you got to be prepared to, you got to have a thick skin. You got to be prepared for some, um, for some, you know, for some comeback uh, when you put stuff out, you know, uh, when you go out to market. But like, you know, trust, you know, if you find an ad agency or you find an agency that you really trust, stick with them. Don't put the, don't put it on review just because the CFO told you that they can save a few thousand dollars by putting a, a, an account out to review. Trust the people that you've, and build a business with trust them. give them the freedom to uh to grow your business uh you know like and that's a two-way street if you do that to the uh, to an agency they will pay it back in spades they will go above and beyond they'll go they'll run through walls for you and that's what we do you know we run through walls for clients but it's a two-way street you know they got to trust us we trust them and you get way more bang for your buck and unfortunately that's what accountants don't understand Accounts don't understand that if you trust someone, you get way more return on the whatever the investment is because uh, the creators just fucking run through walls day and night. You know, you get a lot more midnight oil for your money. Um, whereas if you're penny pinching, putting out for review and, and sniping the whole time, you know, can we do this we, before this? Can we cut this bit out? Whatever it is, you're just going to be like, you're just going to burn any appetite that the, the agency has. And they're like, oh, fucking hell. It's bollocks. I mean, what's the point? What is the hell is even the point? Well, well, if it worked like that, then agencies probably wouldn't exist. There would be like a, a model where you go on the website, you just you just configure all the blocks and then you just have a plan and you check out and that's it. And you have the most economical plan at the lowest cost and it's delivered by half people, half computers. Yeah, and it's a cookie cutter. And, and it'll all be driven by machine learning and AI. There might be some blockchain in there, maybe like some VR as well. Um, <laughs> You know, like some, you know, all of the cool, shiny things that people know. What a load of horseshit. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't create a Facebook style algorithm for the, all the, all the mediums. Like it just, it's, it's unlikely to happen anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like, I mean, it, um, uh, creativity is the last legal advantage that a business has. That's the last legal advantage you can have over your competitors. Paul, um, any any uh, uh, last thoughts that you might, you might leave our audience with? A couple of steps, being more creative, principles, things you need to read or should read or, or watch or do. Just want to give you a freedom I mean, of choice. Like freedom of choice. Wow, that's like a proper choice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> in terms of, in ter in terms of um, the work, you know, I'd say it, like, like fight really hard for clarity of what it is that, uh, uh, that a client wants to achieve. Um, and if it's on, if you're on the client side, fight really hard, put some fucking man hours in and think really hard about what it is you're trying to achieve. 
and try to give the agency as much room to breathe as they possibly can, give them some time. And the agency, flip side, have some empathy with the client. You know, they, they have a tough time, you know, like it's, it's hard being in the marketing department in a, in a big organization. Um, fight for the best work. It's so easy to just like kind of take the edges off or merge two ideas together. Or, nah, just fucking fight really hard for the best idea. Um, give yourselves time to do that. Uh, the idea is everything. But honestly, like that is what transforms businesses. If they can, if they can invest in creativity where the idea comes out, and that will be like rocket fuel to a business. Uh, and it has been for years and years and years. Um, don't cut budgets. I know that's you like it's just like you know, turkeys voting for Christmas kind of thing. You know, like <laughs> don't cut budgets. Why the hell would you cut budgets? Um, uh, the the last recession, you know, the financial crash of '09 proves, and there's lots of research. And actually, mm-hmm. Kantar did some, uh, Brand X did some as well. Uh, but uh, brands that continued to invest in their brand and their advertising and their marketing during the 0809 crash grew nine times quicker in the years after the 10 years after the 09 crash before COVID hit. Cause everyone Those dropped same, off, right? Yeah, exactly. And the brands that didn't, and they continue to invest, they grew nine times quicker. That is an inherent advantage just by spending the money um, that you were, you were planning on spending anyway. Now I get it. Budgets become tighter. They're hard, you know, but like don't cut it off just because, everyone else is you have you have an immediate advantage if you continue to uh, invest in your brand at that point just think about the commercial advantages that you can drive out of it um and the same will happen now you know when covid uh, sort of when the lockdown sort of eases at some point whatever that happens and you know businesses becomes you know whatever the normal is after that right businesses that have continued to invest will grow quicker so be one of those businesses um in terms of like how to get better ideas, how to get, how to create better work, be curious, read, fucking just be insatiable. Don't fucking read on a laptop, like read books, like paper, you know what I mean? Like old school. Old school, I was Kindle. Say. Like don't read a Kindle, just no, like get, take books, you know, write notes in them, scribbles, like just being, have a, have a thirst, you know, for learning stuff. Um, Follow interesting people uh, on social media. Don't just follow your mates. Um, don't just follow people that think the same things as you. Be prepared to be challenged. Um, get out there. Go and meet people. Go and talk to people. There's far too many people that are kind of like reclusive and just sit behind uh, a, a computer. Get out there. Go to the pub. Be a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? Like, uh, be difficult. I love um, that. Get the sack. Everyone should get the sack once in their life. Um, you know, go to the pub at midday. I used to get the pub at midday all the time. That's one of the reasons why I used to get the sack because I used to go at lunchtime <laughs> having done a morning's work at wherever I was and then just not come back. Um, and then well, like- you did, you did everything for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just like go to the pub at midday. The people that you meet in the pub at midday are fantastic. They're so interesting. They're not the people that sat in an office. Um, just be different, do everything you possibly can to do the opposite to everybody else. You know, that um, that difference is what is gonna transform, if you're a creative on the agency side, it's gonna transform your ability to create really good creative. Um, and if you're a client, 
you can have a such a, 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 a bigger appreciation for what good looks like. You will, you will know what good looks like and, you, and you'll get there because you've got such a, a, a far wider, richer tapestry of, um, of inspiration that's going in and you'll know and you'll just instinctively know and you'll be able to push so much harder by having a, a much wider diet of um, uh, uh, kind of inspiration and input into your decision making. I, I don't know, is that what you're after? That's great. That's actually way more than, you know, this is good because I, I, I could have asked a more specific one and you would probably given me a quite a narrower answer, but this is awesome. I think you just reiterated very nicely, stay hungry and foolish from Steve Jobs. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so many people are so concerned about what other people think. Yeah, just make a fool of yourself. It's, it's hard, right? Like, it's hard to like not think about that. Uh, where like you just go for the title, you go for the for the for the words or all of those things, and kind of like the, the actual quality of the work gets sidetracked. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not interested in chasing titles. You know, if you're on the corporate side, I think if you're interested in getting to the top of a marketing organization, if you're on the client side, if you're interested in getting to the top. The, the, the best way, the quickest way is to, um, to procure the best work. That will, be like, uh, li that will be like lightning to your career. If you're the person that is um, working with suppliers that um, put uh, you know, rocket fuel into, that, into your business, and if you're like a marketing manager, let's say, and you want to become a CMO, you know, and you've got to, you want to skip those steps, you want to be... You want to get up there as quick as you possibly can. The best way you can do that and the quickest way you can do that is to uh, produce the best work and not the infighting and the politics and the kind of, yeah, yeah, if I stab this guy in the back, then I can move <laughs> up and throw this guy under the bus and I'll move into their job. No, just like produce the best work and that, nobody else is doing that. And you will, you will climb that ladder so much quicker. Be so, good, uh, be so good others can't ignore you. Yeah, 100%. Paul, it was a pleasure. That was really, really fun. That was more than I expected. It was, it was super fun to hang out. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. It was, it was really good fun and um, yeah, like anytime. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This was another episode of Media Camp. Before you take off, you can find all the resources in the show notes, any books, any mentions. You can connect with my guest. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and share any feedback, thoughts, comments about the show. We'd love to hear what you think. And hope you found some interesting insights, some interesting nuggets that you can use for your content creation, for your podcast, for your strategy, for whatever brand building type of activity you're doing. And I will see you in the next one. Cheers. Yeah.